There is an unseen enemy fighting to make your marriage fail. In parts one and two of our four-part series, we talked about the tactics that Satan uses, how he is subtle, cunning, and relentless in trying to cause us to either be miserable in our marriages or for them to end in ruin. When we know the enemy's tactics and how to use God's armor to protect us and to fight back, this can and will change everything. In today's episode, we're continuing our journey into the rather in-depth look at the armor of God that He has provided for us for the spiritual battles in our life, what the pieces are, how to use them to protect and save our marriages. I'm sharing a lot of information again today, girls, so you're going to want to write this down. Grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time, and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Over the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about who that real enemy is in your marriage, which is Satan, and how he causes disharmony, strife, and difficulties in your life. In part one, we looked at his tactics, how he gives us various thoughts, fears, and lies to us in order to bring us doubt and discontentment, how he is after our marriages to tear them down, to either make them miserable or end in divorce. We also chatted about the fact that God is all-powerful. He is sovereign, and He has authority over the enemy. In part two, we learned from Ephesians 6, 14-18 that God has provided us His armor of protection against the enemy. It states this, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand." Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, 
praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So the first piece that we looked at was to gird our waist with truth. When we know the truth that God has given us, then when the enemy comes and he tells us these lies, trying to get us to fear and to doubt and to cause enmity between us and our husbands, when we know the truth, then we can recognize these lies right away and we can stop him in his tracks. The second piece of armor that we looked at was the breastplate of righteousness, that in following God's command and in keeping ourselves above reproach, then we don't fall prey when the enemy tries to entice us into sin. This provides us protection when he tries to make us believe that, oh, it's okay to just step over that line a little bit or just this once, knowing full well that what he is really trying to do is to draw us away from God and to lead us into sin and destruction. If you haven't listened to parts one and two yet, then I highly recommend that you go, just hit that pause button right now, go and listen to them, and then just come back where you left off. They are episodes number 38 and 39, and they really are the basis for what we are talking about today. So like I said, I highly recommend that you just hit that pause button, go look at, go listen to them, and then come back. So in today's episode, we are continuing our look at the pieces of armor that God has provided for us and how we can use these in the spiritual battles that we face every day. So piece number three is to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The last thing that the enemy wants for you is to have peace in your heart. He thrives when we have fears, anxieties, when we worry about things. Any time that you have concerns or doubts about your future, maybe your finances, your marriage, or your husband, the enemy is there to feed those fears and to make them seem larger than life. His goal is to cripple you from moving forward out of your fear and into the peace of Christ. My mom has been crippled by fears in her life, holding on to things that have happened to her in her past, and then allowing them to shape her future. Now, my mom is this little five foot two, 125 pound Portuguese woman, and she was trying to fly one day um, just across the United States, but she had booked her flight like just the day before. And it was kind of in the height of, you know, or not too long after the 9-11 and all the things that were going on. And they pegged my mom, the TSA did, and wouldn't let her fly. They stopped her. They searched her. They did all kinds of stuff and said, you're not flying today. And she had to wait another day and be able to go the next day. It was silly. Like I said, five foot two, 125 pound Portuguese woman, like, come on. But nope, they would not let her go. And... That just, that humiliated her so much that gave her fears that if she ever went to travel again, that that same thing was going to happen. And it's very unlikely that would that it would happen. She has traveled since then, but it did keep her from traveling. It did stop her in her tracks and say, no, I don't want to go to visit my grandkids or go do this or go do that because I'm afraid that that's going to happen to me again. She also has had fears about being alone and not being in a relationship. The worldview told her that she had abandonment issues and because of something that happened to her in her childhood. 
not recognizing that these fears were really from the enemy and not giving them to the Lord and praying over them and receiving his peace about them, she ended up in an unhealthy relationship for many years. Now, how do we know that these fears are from the enemy? Because 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then in John 14.27 we read, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We are not to be troubled or to be afraid because God has given us peace in our hearts. And notice I said that the peace is in your heart, not in your life. See, true peace, peace that we can have from Christ, it is there despite what our circumstances might be. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding that we receive by knowing that God is in control, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of the worst possible circumstances that we can think of and that we don't know where we're going to turn or what we're going to do or what's going to happen, maybe even in the next hour, never mind tomorrow, we can still have God's peace because he is in control and we can trust him because he loves us and he does have it all worked out. He has a perfect plan. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, when we have these fears, when we're worried about something, when we don't know what direction to take or what our next step should be, we need to go to the Lord in prayer, taking our cares and our concerns and just laying them at his feet, trusting that he does have a perfect plan for our lives, that he knows exactly what is happening and that we can trust him to direct our paths and also trust him for the outcome of our situation. This is where some of our biggest fears and concerns come from because we are unsure of what the outcome is going to be, and we're afraid to leave it into God's hands. But really, ladies, He loves you. He cares for you. He has a perfect plan. It is safe if you leave your cares and concerns in His hands. That is a safe place and the best place for you to be able to do that and to not have that fear. Now, some of the fears or concerns that we have are because of the world that we live in, the fact that the enemy rules this world and that it seems to get crazier every day. We worry about our future or the future of our children or our grandchildren. These kinds of concerns can seem overwhelming and that there's nothing that we can do about them. But God promises us this. In John 16, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. As bad and as crazy as it may seem, God is in control. He is sovereign. He has victory in the end, and we can put our trust in him. This is how we have peace, by trusting in Jesus. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. This is how we do this. When we 
put our eyes fixed on Jesus by knowing the truth of his word, by the promises that he has given us and placing our fears and concerns safely in the father's hands. We combat the fears and the doubts that come into our minds by reminding ourselves of what God's truth is and standing firm on that truth. The fourth piece of armor is our shield of faith. And it tells us above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And ladies, there are many fiery darts. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, faith is believing in something that we can't see. We can't make it happen on our own. It's something that we can only hope for, something that we pray for. We can have faith in Jesus because of his word, because of what he has already done in our lives in the past. He died on the cross for our sins. He has brought us eternal life. And I'm sure that there are areas in your life where you have seen God work in the past. And you know that God is faithful. If you struggle with God's faithfulness, then I recommend that you listen to episode four entitled Promises of God's Faithfulness to Help You Through the Hard Times. Do you know that there are like 7,000 promises from God in his word? Is that not amazing? So like I said, if you're having some struggles with faith and going through the hard times, go listen to episode four. It will really encourage you. As believers, we all took a step of faith when we believed in who God is, what Jesus did on the cross, and when we accepted his forgiveness for our sins. Now we must take that same faith and put it into action in our lives. We do this by making decisions and acting on what we know to be true about God and the truth that is written in his word. James 2, 17 through 18 says, Thus also faith by itself if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. See, faith without works is dead. I mean, what good is our faith if we're not willing to step out and take action on it? If we're not willing to use it to change our lives? When we step out in faith, it shows our reliance is on God, not on ourselves and not on others, but that we believe in the Lord. We believe in him to be faithful, to keep his word and to keep his promises to us. We will never see the benefits and the blessings of our faith in Jesus until we are willing to take that faith and to live it out and to put it in action. It is our faith in God and in the truth that we read in his word that shields us from the fiery darts of the enemy. We do this by replacing the lies the enemy has told us and the distractions that he has put in our lives, and we replace it with the truth that we know of God. As God works in our lives, he calls us to step out in faith by making changes in our life to be more like him. Changes in our personal life or our attitude, changes in what kind of wife we are or what kind of mom we may be. He calls us to step out in faith and to be involved in ministry or to witness to someone. Oftentimes when God does this, the enemy is right there sending those fiery darts to distract you. So let's think about this for a minute. And if you have your pen and paper, write these down. 
what has God been calling you to do in your marriage? What is, has he been impressing upon you that he wants you to change about the kind of wife you are or the kind of relationship that you have with your husband? Is it maybe to be less argumentative and to be more submissive, to trust in your husband more? Maybe God is calling you to make your husband more of a priority in your life or to choose to love him even when you don't feel like it to be more of a helpmate to him, to come alongside him and lift him up, be his biggest cheerleader. Maybe it's to take better care of the house, having it clean and dinner ready when he gets home, providing a more peaceful environment and having the things organized and the kids settled at the end of the day. Or is it on a more personal level and things that God wants you to change in your own heart? Maybe to spend more time with God in prayer or reading his word, or to change a sinful behavior. Since we know that the enemy's goal is distract, to distract us from doing what it is that God has called us to do, has there been any distractions that is causing you to not go forward with what God is calling you to do? And we want to be able to write these things down as well. So are you being distracted by like your day is filled with meaningless tasks and you're not really getting the priority stuff done? Do you find that at the end of the day? Or is he causing strife between you and your husband and making it difficult to even want to change or to try and change? Is he speaking to your heart, discouraging you, telling you that you can never change anyway, so why even bother trying? Or is he telling you that, you don't have to respect your husband because he's not godly and he doesn't deserve it, so you don't have to do it. Or maybe you'll start doing these things and be submissive and respect your husband more when he starts loving you the way that you want to be loved. Or is he trying to convince you that there's no hope anyway? It's over between you and your husband, and it's just time to call it quits and to leave. Ladies, these are all lies from the enemy. Fiery darts to weaken your faith, to discourage you from having a Christ-centered marriage that you want to have, and to lead you away from God's truth. It is during these times that we must put up our shield of faith by reminding ourselves of what God's word says. Let me give you some examples of God's promises to you. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to his power that works in us, God is able to do abundantly more than you could ever ask or even dream up because of the power that he has. So when things look bleak, when they look like there's no hope, with God, there is always hope. And then Deuteronomy 3.24, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds. We serve a mighty God who can literally do anything and everything. He can take the most wretched, hardened heart and change it to be a heart that loves and serves him. He can take any marriage, no matter how devastating the, you know, the hurt might be. Maybe it's an affair or whatever has happened, but 
no matter how much hurt there is, no matter how much distrust there is, God through forgiveness can put that marriage back together and change, like I said, the most hardest heart. He can break through the power of sin and addiction and make someone whole again. We only need to have the faith to believe. Faith like Simon Peter in Luke 5. Let me set the scene here for a minute. So Jesus is has been talking to all of the people and they all wanted to hear him talk and, and they're all you know around him and they're crowded around him and they're pressing towards him. And so he gets onto a boat because he's near the sea. And so he gets onto Peter's boat so that he can kind of back away from the crowd a little bit and to be able to speak to all of them. And then in verses four and five, it tells us this. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, and this is Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, mind you, Simon's a fisherman. He knows what he's doing here. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. Even though it was against everything that Peter knew to be true, both he and the other fishermen had just been fishing all night long and caught nothing. Peter, like I said, is an experienced fisherman. He knows that it's crazy to think that there's going to be any fish here right now because there wasn't any fish here a while ago. So why would there be there now? But he believes in Jesus and says, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. At the mere word of Jesus, no other proof, no other, hey, look, there's a bunch of fish down there. Nothing. At your word, I will let down my net. And then it says, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. As a matter of fact, they even had to call their friends over, those that were picking up their nets along with them and, and putting them away. They said, oh, no, no, come back. Come over here. There's so many fish, we can't even put them in our nets. Come and gather the fish. Like It was amazing how many fish were there. And, and I just love Peter's heart. I love that against all odds, he says, at your word, I will let down my nets. And that's the same thing that we need to do. Despite what we see in front of our face, despite the difficulties, the arguing that we do with our husbands, the struggles that we have, we need to just let down our nets and to believe in God and to give it to him and to know that God will change our lives. Probably not as quickly as the fish arrived, but still God loves you and is always working and changing things in your life. So the last piece of um, armor that we're going to go over today, and it's the final piece of armor is number five, and that is to wear the helmet of salvation. Our salvation changes everything because we are now children of God and we know the truth. We know of God's sovereignty over everything. We have no reason to fear because we know that God is victorious over the enemy. That transformation that occurred at the time of our salvation is described in Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. And it says, And you he made alive 
who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. This was all of us before we were saved. And we were all living to the lust of our flesh and the desires that we had. And we once walked according to the world, the prince of power in the air, which is Satan, conducting ourselves in the way that the world does. And then it says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loves us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. By grace you have been saved, raised up and made to sit with Jesus in the heavenly places, that he might show you his exceeding riches and his grace and kindness towards you. Ladies, as a believer, you are no longer a part of this world to be brought down by the wages of sin, but you are now a daughter of the king, of the king of kings and raised with him in the heavenly places. Salvation is about our identity. It's about who we are in Christ. We are no longer of this world. We are now children of God, which changes our mindset. It changes our priorities and therefore changes our actions. That we are no longer to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this is what Romans 12, 2 tells us. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The enemy doesn't want your mind transformed. He wants you stuck right where you are, still living in the world that we are in, rather than in the perfect will of God. So how do we do this? How do we live our transformed life? Well, Ephesians 4 tells us, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feelings, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness and with greediness. So we are to no longer walk in this futility of our mind. Our blinders have been taken off of our heart. We can see now who the enemy really is, what the world is really like, and what the truth is. And again, but you, have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness 
and holiness. As believers, we know the truth. We have been given Christ's righteousness and his holiness when we accepted his gift of salvation. We have been forgiven of our past sins to go and sin no more, that we may put off the old ways and now live according to his will and his commandments. In light of this, I have a question for you. Where is your mindset? Is it on the things of this world or is it on Christ? Another way to put this is, what is your faith in? A good way to determine this is that when you go to make a decision in your life, who do you turn to or what is most important to you? What sways your decision one way or the other? We can focus our mindset or put our faith in a variety of things and they will shape our decisions and therefore shape our lives. Many put their faith in their finances, and they put obtaining it or keeping it above all else, believing that our finances will bring us security. Others will put their faith in their intelligence, believing that they are smarter than everyone else, including God, and they know what's best for themselves, and a lot of times they think they know what's best for everyone else as well. We can also put our faith in the general consensus of society, basing our decisions on what we think is socially acceptable to those around us. We have a mindset of, oh, well, what would this person do? Or what would this person think if I did this or I did that? As believers, we would quickly say that, oh, well, my faith is in God and my mindset is on God. But do our lives reflect that? Do we go to God for direction and in making decisions based on the precepts that are in his word and allow him to shape our lives? Are we not being conformed to this world and being transformed by the renewing of our mind? Are we putting off the former conduct of the old man and putting on the new man, which was created according to God into righteousness and holiness? I realize, ladies, this is so much easier said than done, and it takes time. However, this is what it is to wear the helmet of salvation. In doing this, we have protection from the enemy, from keeping us or leading us into the ways of the world, which we know are lies and lead to destruction. Destruction of ourselves, of our marriages, and of our family life. We do this by replacing the thoughts and desires of this world with the truth, grace, forgiveness, and wisdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in reviewing these three pieces of armor that we looked at today, the footwear of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith that quenches those fiery darts, and the helmet of salvation, where is the enemy attacking you right now? Which piece of armor do you need to begin using? Is he causing you to have fears and anxieties, worrying about your marriage, what your husband is up to or what he's thinking, worried about your finances or your future? Fight back with the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, the peace that we can have in the midst of chaos, in the midst of uncertainties, because we know that God is sovereign. He loves us. He has a perfect plan for our lives, that he is in control and that we can trust him for the outcome. Whatever it may be, whatever it might look like, we can trust that it is what is best for us. Are you struggling in your faith, struggling to stand strong in the word and becoming the wife that God has called you to be, struggling with distractions and lies from the enemy? Hold up your shield of faith 
and quench those fiery darts of the enemy. Even when it seems like there's no way out, there's no way to fix this situation that you're in, or you feel that there's no hope. Remember the words of Peter when he said, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. Where's your mindset or where's your faith? Is it in the things of this world, your finances, your intelligence, or what society tells you is right? Are you continuing to live in this world rather than having your mind transformed by Christ? Have you put the old conduct away and you're now living in Christ's righteousness and holiness, which he gave you at the time of your salvation? And ladies, not that we're not ever going to make mistakes or that we're not going to ever sin, but that we are learning what his precepts are and that we are striving to become more like him. Pray over each one of these areas in your life, replacing what the enemy tells you with the truth of God's word and knowing that when you do this, the enemy will flee. That is what we are told in scripture, that when we use our armor and we fight back with the truth, the enemy flees. Along with this armor, we've also received a weapon to fight back with, as well as a command and a warning. And we're going to be talking about these in the next episode, and that will be our final one for this series. God bless you, and I'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today, and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.